0: Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton Studio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us
1: today. Today in the show, we're going to talk a little about newer crop protection products. If you've got any questions about that or anything that's going on in your farm, you can certainly give us a call here, 844 44 AGPHD. That's 844 442 4743 You can also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on X Ag PhD Media. Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty.
0: Hey, one thing, Brian, I've been thinking about is just getting seed on hand. This is something every farmer needs to be doing right now. We're always getting the question, what should I do this week? Well, this week, you need to get your seed on hand if you don't have that done already. There's always last-minute seed size changes, availability changes, those types of things. If you've got everything you need for planting at home, there's no more surprises, and you're going to be set for planting with everything you want.
1: Okay, here's the reason why I don't think you want to do that. For soybeans is with soybeans, you want to put inoculant on there. If you put inoculant on the seed, that inoculant does not live very long. So our advice, even if you get an extender with the inoculant is don't pick up that seed until the
0: last minute if you're having it treated at the dealer. One thing you have to watch out for in the spring is load limits on roads and bridges. This is a reason you want to have all the inputs that you need for your farm home in the month of February or possibly early March, depending on where you're living. Now you've got stuff at home. You can go whenever it's time to go. When conditions are fit, you can be out in the field and you don't ever have to worry about trying to bring things that are heavy home.
1: All right. We had a question from a young farmer about what would be one piece of advice we would give you today, just something maybe a little out of the ordinary that we don't normally talk about, just business advice. And I would say it's this. It is always borrow your money on business rather than personal items. So, for example, let's say you are trying to pay off your house and you're trying to pay off a piece of farmland. You always want to borrow as much on the farmland as possible because that interest is 100% deductible. The home interest is not. So always try to pay off all your personal debts and
0: keep the debts on the business. All right, uh, several questions have come in. Let's dive into the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag! All right, this first one comes in from Brian out in Montana, and he said, guys, I got a few questions for you about naturals. Say I wanted to use a product like a mass, which helps with pollination, helps with uh, just improvements on the tail end of the season. Can I mix that with clethodim? I want to put it on mustards or potentially on lentils. Yeah, you know, this brings up two good points, Brian. You can use naturals on a lot of crops. Many of them are not crop-specific, and a mass would be one that you could use on multiple crops. The challenge is, can you mix it with everything? And with naturals, I look at a couple of things. First of all, is it living? Well, in a mass's case, no, it's not. It's plant growth hormones. So could you potentially mix that with a herbicide like clethodim? Yeah, you actually could. So that's something that could work out. The challenge will be the timing. Because the mass is pretty specific. You want to put it on just before bloom or right after bloom in most crops. Is that when you're going to be spraying your Clothodim I don't think so. I think you're going to be spraying that clothidim Maybe. earlier. Uh, I
1: don't know. And soybeans, there will be a lot of people that are going to spray that last shot right at that point. So I could see it then. But when we talk about mixing plant growth hormones together with herbicides, we have to be careful that we aren't throwing herbicides that are growth hormones together with them. So, for example, we don't like growth hormones thrown with 2,4-D or dicamba because 2,4-D and dicamba, the way they kill plants, just in very simplistic terms, is they try to grow them to death. So, if you're already trying to grow something to death by overloading the hormone balance, then it's not going to help you. It could potentially hurt your crop to throw
0: more hormones in there. All right. Brian goes on to say, mustard tends to be limited by excessive heat in early to mid-July here in Montana. I'm wondering about heat shield. That's another natural I'm considering. Should I put it on the seed treatment? Will that be enough to help me in season? Should I put it in furrow or I have the option of drone application right when I need it? You know what? I like that drone application option for you, Brian, because uh, yes, you can definitely put heat shield on as a seed treatment or in that's fine, but you can also put it on foliar. Uh, I like that. I would put it on, if you can get it out there, somewhere between 24 hours and one week ahead of your heat timing. Uh, That would be really good. And then his last question is Boost
1: 10. Well, wait a second. What we're talking about there, they mentioned heat shield there. That's fungal endophytes. That's fungus that lives inside the plant to help it stay alive, to help it overcome stress. So it's a little bit different than plant growth hormones or anything else. And it will only last those fungal, those fungal endophytes will only last so long in the plant doing their job. So I still like the seed treatment option, but yes, if you were concerned about very late season heat, then spraying foliar is a great idea.
0: Okay. And last one, what do you think about amino acid products like Boost 10? Do you think they would help me with nodulation on my lentils? Well, I don't know that don't that so. product is necessarily a nodulation helper. Uh, it, it definitely there are helps. lots of
1: different amino acids out there. They help build
0: proteins. To think they're going to help nodulation, I seriously doubt it. All right, thanks for the questions, Brian. We appreciate that. And, and you know, a lot of these naturals are relatively inexpensive, so doing some trial work on your farm uh, doesn't cost a whole lot of money. All right, this one's from KL. <laughs> oh, broad question. What are your recommended tillage practices prior to planting? Well, that really depends. It could be anything from (laughs) no-till at all to conventional till. The biggest thing here is you want to have a good seed bed. So whatever you can do with – if you need some tillage, or you need to move some residue out of out of the way with your planter, whatever that may be, you just need to have a great seed bed in order to be successful with your crop. So that may involve tillage; it may not involve tillage. If you've got some more specifics to add to that question, KL, we would we would sure uh, address them too.
1: Yeah, there are lots of different ways to farm, and like Darren said, it could involve all levels of tillage. So. It really all depends on, number one, the situation, but number two, what are your preferences? Some people love tillage. Some people hate tillage. We, our, our goal all the time is just to help you in however you want to farm. You ask us, hey, I've got these specific things. What do you think? And we can certainly answer it from there. But Darren hit on the number one point and that's always we've got to have that good seed bed we want to make sure that when we put that seed in the ground we've done everything possible so that crop can be successful
0: well one thing that may help you be even more successful on your farm is using some of the new or newer crop protection products we'll discuss them coming up next
2: morton buildings has served the american farmer for more than 120 years From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit MortonBuildings.com.
0: My mom's got a new case I-Extractor, and it can do it all.
2: Officer Jones calling for backup.
3: Send four. Location? Kraber
2: back 40. Looks like we've got Palmer amaranth, kochia, some common water hemp.
3: Resistant weeds. Copy that. You'll need a good tank mix partner. I'm sending Tough 5EC. Come out with your hands up!
4: Guys, we're surrounded. Crack down on repeat offenders. Add Tough 5EC to your post emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com.
3: Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belgium Crop Protection. Maverick Corn Herbicide from Valent USA has proven to be a key part of growers' success in fighting problematic weeds. But don't take it from us. Take it from agronomy manager Nate Honek.
5: We've seen tremendous weed control that was sprayed in dry, hot conditions with uh, very little rain within two weeks after application. Very easy application. Definitely tank mixed well with the various products we used.
3: Visit valent.com backslash maverick to learn more about Maverick Corn Herbicide. Always read and follow label instructions.
0: back you're listening to ag phd radio broadcasting from the morton studio today we're talking about some of the new or newer crop protection products that are out there if you have questions about those or about any other agronomic topic we'd be happy to uh, take your call at 844-44-AG-PHD or email radio at agphd.com Got Bill Verbaton on right now with FMC to talk some of the new products out there. And, and Bill, I, I was thinking about it. What is Bill going to want to talk about? He's got new natural-type products. He's got new chemistry-type products. That is one of the cool things in this era that uh, a lot of companies like FMC are, are coming with naturals in addition to hard chemistry.
6: Yeah, it's it's actually quite an exciting time, and um, like I say, the ones that have gotten the uh, the most press recently have been our new three way fungicide Adastrio. and um, you know on the uh, that's on the hard chemistry side and on the uh, more um, natural uh, biofungicide side, uh, a is actually picking up some steam as a seed treatment on soybeans and uh, and wheat, especially down in the Ohio River Valley. So. That's when I'm excited to see some of the yield trials coming up from this next year all across the upper Midwest, because I think that could be a real nice niche, especially, uh, you know, we're probably going to have more disease pressure with these milder winters on our small grains that are overwintering. And, um, you know, for the spring crops, for you guys farther north, I think it could be a real neat opportunity.
0: Well, Votagen is a pretty interesting product for anybody listening at home. It's A-V-O-D-I-G-E-N. And in addition to being a biofungicide that helps with Rhizoctonia and other things, I like the bio-nematicide portion of that where you control not only soybean cyst nematodes, but root-knot nematodes and some other tough nematode species. Uh, I mean, certainly we want to use a, a P-King resistant soybean if we can, or or even just a PI-88788, but you add Add this protection from a votagen on there. That really helps with the nematode pressure.
6: Yeah, I mean it's a many it's a many hammers approach. I mean, no different than weed control. It's another great
0: addition to
6: good management practices and some of the hard chemistries that are on the market. So yeah, it's a it's a great position there. And you know these bio um, these biological uh, fungicides. Um, you know the other ones that we're real excited about are our new ones in ethos elite. So we kind of took that idea of ethos XB. Where you have the bifenthrin for, um, you know, mostly corn rootworm control in our part of the world, and then we added not one but two uh, biological fungicides. That the way I like to explain that is, think of it as you know having more than your max rate of apron as a seed treatment. So we're picking up better uh, Pythium and Fusarium control. You know, some of those diseases that you know, depending on our seed treatments, you know, that we may or may not need a little bit more protection. Uh, throughout the um, you know that early part of the growing season before the the corn really takes off, so that's one that you know looked really good in some Wisconsin and Minnesota trials last year, especially under heavy rootworm pressure. And uh, yeah, I mean running that at ten ounces, you can't go wrong.
0: No, and it's in the LFR formulation too, and that's one thing too. We get a lot of questions about well, can I mix products like this with fertilizer? Well, sometimes the answer is. Yes, not very often. A lot of times the answer is no. Uh, but talk about that LFR formulation. To, to have it available in something that you can mix with fertilizer really helps.
6: Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, like any of these things, it's got to be easy for the grower to use. It's got to be able to um, stay in suspension, you know, not cause things to muck up. And um, that's, that's one thing that, you know, going all the way back to capture. And then, you know, we've brought that through with some of our other LFR formulations. Um, You know, it's made to mix with fertilizer. And, you know, that's where, um, you know, having the formulations team that we have to back us and our fellow tech service teams to test things before we get out to the field. um, Pretty exciting there. And, um, you know, we're always updating it. And, you know, there's things we've done with, um, you know, on the Zyway side in recent years that I think we've gotten pretty much... Oh, any mixing thing dialed in at this point. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really confident with, um, you know, the Zyway LFR, the Ethos uh, family and the captures going into the spring.
0: Yeah. Last comment I'd make too. We get a lot of questions when it comes to these natural type products, what the shelf life is. The has got a two-year shelf life. That also is really nice and makes it more user-friendly. Uh, just a lot of good things coming from FMC right now. And we had Bill Verbaton on here to talk about that. Bill, thank you so much. Really appreciate you joining us. Yep. Thank you for your time. All right. Next on,
1: we got Brady Spangenberg with us with BASF down in North Carolina. Brady, how are you today?
5: Doing just fine. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. So we've been talking a lot here about rootworm control. We're really concerned on our farm. We're in a heavy rootworm pressure area and looking for new products all the time. So tell us just a little about Neurisma, the new insecticide that BSF has that's out this year.
5: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of growers like yourself um, are seeing some damage from corn rootworm. Um, You know, we're the reports we're seeing and it causes over a billion dollars in economic loss every year and really gets that corn stock off to a poor start so with Nerizma insecticide um, uh, a, a new uh, in insecticide with a group 30 active ingredient um, can really help control those uh, rootworm larvae and, and other uh, yield robbing pests and uh, what, what we're really excited about is for those areas that are heavy corn on corn Um, where that rotation really hasn't slowed down uh, some of those worms in a few years or maybe that BT resistance has built up. Um, This is a great product in those areas and and can really help some folks out uh, to get off to the right start.
1: Do you have a preference for how it's applied? In-furrow, T-band, band? uh, band? I mean, how do you want it applied so you get the best
5: results? I think that's where it's uh, making sure that it Matches with the equipment setup that the grower has, um, you know, whether they're Dosatron, whether they're just running water, um, uh, both of those things really work. And what we want to do is make it as easy as possible to integrate into their planting process. And, and that's been something um, that can be a challenge with some of these um, in-furrow insecticides in the past. Is how I, I, If I'm planting, I just want to go. and so we're really recommending just you know talk with your local tech service rep with your retailer and and make it fit for you
1: you mentioned dosatron this can't be mixed directly with liquid fertilizer though correct
5: uh that's correct in in this uh in, in this current formulation um we are seeing real solid success um with just plain old water too sure and and so in some cases um you know um, folks want to optimize that, that LFR recommendation or they got the work done in the fall and then they're going to spot treat later. So that's a great opportunity for them.
1: One of the big things, and you mentioned these alternative pests, wireworm control. Most insecticides just repel wireworms, but either the seed treatment, Taraxa, or when we're talking about Neurisma as an in application, that can actually kill the wireworms. So we're pretty excited about that.
5: Yeah, so are we, and we're especially excited to see, um, you know, sort of um, uh, last year was a bit more of sort of a demo uh, year for us. So we're excited to see sort of full scale uh, scale up of this product and how well that can control um, uh, both rootworms and wireworms um, in some of those sort of more rotational geographies where where folks are going, you know, cornweed or uh, something like that. All
1: right, Brady, we've only got a little over a minute left. Tell us real quick about the two new products that you're going to be having in the near future, Sertain that just got labeled and Liberty Ultra.
5: So We're really excited about Certane. I think um, the race to canopy in corn is is always quite the race. You may have 20 days or less um, to get all of that sort of uh, um, weed control work done before the cornal canopy, and then growers really don't want to spend time uh, driving over those plants again. So Certain's uh, really going to help with that. Um, it, it's the first time we've been able to fully encapsulate um, Kicksor, the the active ingredient in Sharpen, in a way that um, makes it uh, more available uh, in the soil, and at the same time doesn't ding up the plant as much um, in those early planting windows. So um, it, it provides both residual endurance with your residual component. Um, and also some of the, uh, that knockdown power of the kick uh, in a format, in an encapsulated format that really makes it, um, you know, can better fine tune with your planting uh,
1: uh, activity. Yeah, so you can spray early post. Uh, just real quick, we get about 10 seconds. What's the difference with Liberty Ultra versus Liberty?
5: Liberty Ultra is the l uh technology, so we're taking both the, the, the active isomer and the racemic and the resolved isomer that was not active and making both of those things active. Plus, you add that with uh, a patented formula, new formulation that'll adhere more droplets onto the weed, and you'll get better leaf coverage and better weed control.
1: All right, that's Brady Spangenberg with BSF. Brady, thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you look
4: close enough, you can see the hidden potential within your fields. That's why an agroliquid nutrition plan starts with the crop and identifies the precise combination of primary nutrients while focusing on the support of secondary and micronutrients. So every nutrient is working in harmony for your crop to reach its full potential, maximizing growth while offering lower use rates. Apply less? Expect more? Precisely. Find an agroliquid dealer at agroliquid.com.
0: Can you predict the future? I can't. That's why when I'm planting soybeans, I treat with Heads Up Seed Treatment. With more than 15 years of research, Heads Up offers proven protection against both white mold and sudden death syndrome. So no matter what the year throws at you, you've already taken that first step to be prepared. Don't let your beans suffer from disease when they're just starting to look their best. Tell your seed dealer you need Heads Up Seed Treatment. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com.
7: Every season, you're collecting yield data on virtually every acre of your farm. But what good is your data if you never use it? Put it to work with Verify. Verify takes yield data directly from your combine and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on crop removal, ensuring your crops get what they need, right where they need it, no matter what equipment you run. Go to Verify.com to find an expert to help you get started. That's V-R-A-F-Y dot com.
4: The hardworking, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating.
0: State Two Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about some of the newer crop protection products out there, even some that are hopefully going to come next year, just to get you prepared for that. But we're also taking your calls and agronomic questions throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. And holding through the break is Marty from Kansas with a good soybean question for us today. How you doing, Marty?
9: Hey, I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. And I'm going backwards. You guys are talking about new and I'm trying to trying to save a few dollars an acre for next year. So here's here's my question. I'm thinking about running a generic authority three and a half ounces uh, with a burn down probably a month before planting. So probably within 30 days of now, uh, and then coming back, I'm probably going to run a generic Valor uh, over the top after planting, and uh, I don't know what product I'm going to use yet. I've used Trivance in the past uh, from Corteva, and been happy with it. So I'm going to run the same amount of Valor that's in Trivance. Is that too much 14 ahead of those beans? Group 14, is that, is that sound all right with you guys, or am I going to see a problem?
1: <laughs> um, would I worry about it? Oh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be very concerned. I, I, I just don't know how much is going to break down when you spray that authority or spartan first and then you're coming back with valor so for all our listeners there's a limit on group 14 so that that ppo family that's the reason why you don't use sharpen in front of soybeans because you can only use a tiny little bit you don't have residual and then you can't throw valor or authority or spartan out there because they're all ppos group 14s and if you add one to the other it's doubling up that that family and you injure the soybeans so no i would be worried about it i, I don't know what rate of trivents you're using or what rate you're getting a valor in there so is it possible that you could be a, a, at a low enough rate sure it is but let's go back to what what are we doing with the overall program so let me just ask you why are you burning down a month in advance and not planting soon after that when is your first planting date for soybeans do you know for crop insurance
9: planting dates middle of uh middle of uh, first week of april so we're going to be close to that we i know you guys don't you guys are on a different page than we are uh we'll plant corn and then we'll come back and plant beans there's a lot of people that wait to plant beans in southern (laughs) canada until the end of may and we're trying to beat it and we're trying to get in by tax day yeah uh if you and that's why i called you about that group 14 question would I be better? So I'm wanting to hold it. I, I need to burn down. I got a few winter weeds out there, a few a few winter uh, rye ryegrass, that kind of thing. I yeah. want to clean it up and I want to be able to yeah. hold it in case we get rain. Yeah. What about going with basis blend?
1: Wait a second. I thought we were talking soybeans. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. So uh, why would you do basis blend? What do we what what exactly are you trying to kill?
9: Pigweeds. Control pigweed. Okay. Hold pigweeds down. Okay. Yeah. So I need to hold them down for a month. We we run basis to splin in the past, but not that close to the
0: planning.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. can't
0: can't imagine a group two would actually work on pigweed. To no, be honest with nope, you, no, that
1: won't kill the pigweed. Number one and number two, you don't want any residual left to hurt those beans. So yeah, the it, rim sulfurin in there would be right. Exactly. No, nope, that will hurt the beans. Don't do that. So I liked your first plan, um, or quite frankly, uh, you, let's see. Did you say a rate? Did you tell us a rate on Authority or Valor? You
0: said three, three and a half ounces. Of, half what?
1: of what? Of are, what? Are we talking generic shut down, Spartan? Shut
9: down.
1: That must. Down I think that's Spartan. Thing. Yeah. Okay. You could run a little bit higher rate than that, especially if you're early. But the thing is, yeah.
0: But he's counting on it I know, running out I know, in time that he can put I the Valor out there. I just,
1: there. I don't know that it's going to. I, it might.
0: What if you but, did a low rate of Valor up front and did a low rate of Valor later?
1: Yeah, but Why? I, I, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, just throw it would all out there. Stuff, stuff might be alive down <laughs> you there, worry Brian, about... in
0: Kansas. Stuff isn't even alive up here, Marty, until early May. We don't even get our first flush of weeds usually until early May, although this year might be an exception. We'll see. Yeah,
1: but anyway, go go, go ahead. What were you
0: going to say, Marty?
9: If they're if there STS beans, would you worry about the basis plan that close?
1: Probably not, but why I, do, I don't I do know why you'd spend the money, because it's not going to kill the weeds.
9: just Cause I don't want, you need to come down here and visit me sometime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we just have too many well, ALS resistant weeds here, out there.
9: Here's, here's what'll happen. Here's what'll happen. We will get ready to go and then we'll get some rain events coming through. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's the 20th of May yeah. and I got pig weeds out there that are shin high and I'm okay. pulling out the gramoxin. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, so don't get me wrong. We are not opposed to doing pre-emerge herbicides. We want you to spray Early in the spring, that's a great idea. We're all in favor of that. We just want you to invest your money in things that are going to kill your weeds. That's all I'm saying. And I, I, basis blend is risky for the soybeans, number one, and it's not going to kill your weeds, number two. So if you said, Hey, I'm going to throw, I'm going to go out there with Spartan and I'm going to throw some Roundup with it to kill any volunteer, whatever you got, small grains or something. Okay. I'm perfectly fine with that. Spartan's not the greatest burn down, nor is Roundup up on any resistant weeds but if you don't have much for weeds up yet sure get it done you get the spartan in the ground and that'll hold a lot of things back so i'm all in favor of that kind of stuff Uh, but you know even when you talk about uh, trivents okay so i always like to break these things down well you look at what is trivents it's classic at a big time rate it's a little bit of valor and some sencor i love the sencor or metribuzin i love the valor Uh, although eh, I don't think you're going to want to do that after the Spartan, but then the other thing is, do you need the classic? So here again, it's an ALS chemistry that sure, it's good on some weeds, but it's not going to kill ALS resistant pigweed, ragweed, uh, or kochia. And what do you have for broadleaves besides pigweed, ragweed, or kochia?
9: Uh, we got, I, I will spike. I've used it in the past because we got some morning glory problems. Okay. Seems to help.
1: Sure. Okay, got you I, I would it, it with trivents, like I say it's a big time rate of classic It is four times okay. as much as we've ever used and uh, on an acre and there if you had do you, I, I assume you have all low pH you have no high pH spots on the farm
9: No. No, everything's yeah. been taken care
1: of. Right. Okay. So if, if you have, as long as you're 100% certain there's nothing above even about a seven, uh, then it's probably okay. But I just worry about that amount of classic that you've got in there. It just it scares me. That's all. So I, I got enough risk every day as it is. I don't like to be scared by my herbicide choices.
9: Do you have a rec then for anything to hold for a pre emergent to hold in uh, middle of April, if we have, or middle of March for 30 days?
1: Yep. So what we always talk about is throwing Prowl out there instead of having the classic in there. And then we love your other two ingredients, Spartan or Valor, and then throw Metribuzin with it. So I I, I love all that. Uh, All that stuff is great. Now, Metribuzin doesn't last that long in the soil, but the the, uh, yellow does, either Prowl or Trifluralin if you wanted to work it in. And Spartan or Valor, they will last a long time too. Spartan lasts longer than Valor. So that's why, if it's me, I'm going to use a higher rate of Spartan just one time. I'm going to be done. I'm trying to eliminate passes over the field as much as I can too. So that's part of this as well. I'm trying to figure out how do I just spray one time. That's my only pre-emerge thing. Then I'm waiting till stuff gets up post and then I'm spraying. So what kind of beans are these? Are they Extend Flex? Are they Enlist? What are they? Extend Flex. Okay. So unfortunately, you probably won't be able to spray dicamba post-emerge but you certainly could spray dicamba pre-emerge so if you had something some weed like a morning glory or something else that you go yeah i don't know about burning this thing down uh, dicamba could be used and post-emerge you got liberty as your backup for your pigweed if it, it ends up getting through whatever you do for a pre okay
9: all right that helps me out i'm glad i called
1: Yeah. And again, like for us, we're always trying to push the envelope of, hey, whenever the crop insurance date says go, we're going as much as we can. Now, with the understanding, like you said, okay, sometimes you get rain and then we're out for a month. It happens to us too. We like the pre-emerge herbicides, but they're only going to last so long. So usually we like putting the pre out and then we're planting. So if I'm going to do something a month before I plant... I don't know that I'm real interested. Honestly, I usually will let the weeds grow and then I'm going to spray just a few days before planting and then we plant. So then I can get by with one pass as opposed to two. So that's what I prefer to do. And then for any of these winter annuals or perennials, we try to hit them in the fall so they're eliminated going into the spring. And then that just makes it easier if we end up in that situation. Hey, Marty, thanks a lot for the call. Hope some of that helped and good luck to you this year. All right, we're going to get back to the phone lines right after this. We're talking new or newer crop protection products this year. Stay tuned. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio.
4: Are you ready for better efficiency, more productivity, higher yields? Then you're ready for John Deere Precision Technology, which starts with three core pieces. First, a G5 display gives fast views of your work and a window to future technology. A Starfire receiver gives you sub-inch repeatable accuracy without an RTK base station. And a JD-Link modem gives you a live view of your entire operation. Get precise
7: and talk with your John Deere dealer or visit johndeere.com backslash
3: Maverick Corn Herbicide from Valent USA has proven to be a key part of growers' success in fighting problematic weeds. But don't take it from us, take it from farmer Rob Schaefer.
8: Residuals have become a big part of our chemical programs with trying to battle water hemp and also mare's tail is our big one. It's done a real good job of controlling those. You don't have to you know, put a bunch of gallons in your sprayer, cover a lot of acres that way.
3: Visit valent.com backslash maverick to learn more about Maverick Corn Herbicide. Always read and follow label instructions.
10: What's the difference between John, who bought Enlist One Herbicide and Instinct Next Gen Nitrogen Stabilizer, and Tom, who bought Enlist One and Instinct Next Gen and used True Choice? Only about $5,000 extra in Tom's pocket? Choose True Choice and get up to 10% back. It's really as simple as that. Start saving at Corteva.com save more.
7: On your farm, you spend thousands on fertilizer every season. But how do you know if any nutrient you apply is paying for itself? Build a fertility plan like never before with Verify. With Verify's soil point-to-yield analysis, you can automatically see the connection between your soil test and yield data. To see which fertilizer dollars will make you money and which won't, go to Verify.com to get started today. That's V-R-A-F-Y dot
0: You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking about the new or newer crop protection products out there and taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Tom Wood with us right now with Belsham. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. All right, so I know you want to talk about tougher, but I wanted to ask you before we get going too far here, and I didn't want to forget this, talk to us a little about Spinade. We're hearing a lot of momentum out in the marketplace, guys. You're talking about this product to get a little extra help on kochia and some of the other tough weeds.
11: So Spinade is a fen formulation. Typically, we sell it on spinach and rag beets, but we have a 24C special local needs uh, registration for mainly the Red River Valley, Minnesota, North Dakota, to address glyphosate resistant kochia and lambs quarter. So it's another one of the resistant management stories where we're used to using glyphosate all the time and it works and now we're starting to suffer. But it is a broadleaf uh, uh, herbicide and it's targeted towards lamb quarter and kochia. No known resistance um, we like to tank mix it with glyphosate and ethafusamate. I think that's where it works best. So that's the, the quick and dirty on, on Spin 8.
0: Yep. And don't forget to throw some surfactant or MSO in there as well. That really helps. Uh, okay. How about yeah, tough? Absolutely. How about tougher? What's, what's happening there? I, I mean, we're all familiar with tough. That's been a nice helper for some of these resistant pigweeds out there. Now you got tougher. Uh, is that how you say it? Do you say tougher or do you say tough R?
11: I say tougher. Um, the EPA might not like it, but it's tougher. Um, <laughs> but it's spelled tough R, So when you see it in the market, you'll you'll know what it is. But um, if you're familiar with, with tough and what benefits it brings and uh, mesotrion, of course, Callisto, everyone knows uh, that product. So tougher is a, a dual, dual mode of action, bringing both of those products with the power of and performance of meso, combined with the resistant management benefits of, of tough. So it's unique. It's the only one of its kind. Um, still a post-emergent corn herbicide. It is the equivalent of applying eight ounces of tough and three ounces of meso. But for this formulation, it's 16 ounces per acre. Same type of uh, benefits that you would see by adding tough to your tank mix, um, no compatibility issues, synergizes with uh, HPPD uh, chemistries, and in this case, mesotrione. The, uh, you know, addressing the seed bank, tested across the corn belt, so um, it brings all those benefits in one powerful combination.
0: One thing you didn't talk about, though, Tom, we've got some some folks that listen to the show that raise popcorn, and I've heard from a couple of those guys, hey, did you see this tough R? It's now labeled for popcorn, too, so we can use that two-mode-of-action product uh, in a crop that uh, struggles controlling weeds sometimes.
11: Popcorn and seed corn are added to the label, so if you're planting corn and you have resistance problems, or if you have uh, you want to use uh, miso and tough. This is a nice combination. So um, those have been added to the label. You're absolutely correct.
0: You bet. Yeah, always, always some excitement here with and We're talking with Tom Wood here about tough R and also about Spin Aid for sugar beets. So I know for uh, our listeners, a lot of times we'll get questions about some different crops, and you say, "Hey, you guys do a good job talking about corn and soybeans and wheat, but how about my crop? In this case, sugar beets. Uh, spin Aid is is a product that's been out there, and and folks have. Definitely use that in tank mixes to knock out some of those tough broadleaf weeds without worrying about uh, adding soil residual that, that you may or may not want to. Hey, Tom, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Darren. You bet got jason snell with us right now with syngenta and jason i know a lot you get a lot of questions about Storin and tendovo and probably other products that i'm not thinking about right now that are new coming from syngenta but i wanted to start with one that i don't think gets enough talk cruiser max apex uh and that addition of the picarbutrazox in there has just been pretty interesting out in fields what have you seen over in minnesota
2: yeah, it is pretty exciting to, to launch this new product as a seed care um, in soybeans with the PCBX, or Ox, um component added to uh, CruiserMax Apex. Uh, we've been testing it for a number of years, and uh, the, probably the biggest thing that stuck out to me is the extremely good emergence we see with CruiserMax Apex. Uh, usually see a pickup in emergence with a seed treatment in general, but with this uh, specifically adding PyCarbutrazox to make Cruiser max Apex, uh, the emergence has been even better, uh, very strong, and even under cool, wet conditions, uh, any conditions out there that you're planting soybeans, we've seen excellent emergence and strong pythium control.
0: Yeah, that pythium control has been tough, and we've seen this a lot as, as we travel around the country. We see uh, ten different seed companies and seed dealers using lower rates of treatments and those types of things and some of the old chemistries where we're starting to see Uh, some cracks in the Pythium control. Uh, Adding this new component in there has really helped improve things in the, in the tough situations for Pythium. Okay. Wanted to make sure I mentioned that. I I think uh, Syngenta's got a great seed treatment pipeline and we don't talk about that enough. Uh, But of course, we get a lot of questions about killing weeds in corn and uh, you got some great products for that too.
2: Yes, absolutely. And uh, Storen being our newest launch, um, had a little bit out last year to trial it and, um, seeing a full launch this year and performance has been uh, as good as we expected or or better than we expected probably we expect it to be very high performing and it's it's done all that and in some cases really outshined what we even expected it to see Um, bringing a a fourth active ingredient of pyroxysulfone added into our corn pre-mix uh, now called Storin, and um, the control especially on uh, small seed broadleaves a lot of broadleaves in general and also really strong grass control has been uh, outstanding.
0: Yeah, there's uh, a lot to speak about that. I, I think using higher rates of group 15s in general has been a really nice strategy and, and guys sell that a little bit short for the control of small seeded broadleaves that you get. Uh, okay, talk to us about Tendovo a little bit too because uh, Brand was just talking about using multiple modes of action here for soybeans and, and whenever we can in any crop, uh, but here's one that's got a few different modes of action as well.
2: Yeah, so Tendovo, we've had out for a a few years now, about uh, maybe this is our second or probably third year of of being out in growers' fields and kind of our second full launch year uh, after last year. Um, Kind of building on a known uh, platform, we've had a lot of dual in the mix, a really nice ratio of that in there, along with metribuzin, and then the... um, the first-rate component that we add into tendoval uh, to make a really nice combination, especially on the larger seeded broadleaf. Um, we have a lot of issues with that in uh, southern Minnesota and some other areas with giant ragweed. That's been a, a continuing problem, and the tendoval uh, with that first-rate in there along with the other components has been a very strong performer.
0: Well, the other thing, too, is is crop safety, and, and everybody asks about this, well, is this one going to ding my crop or whatnot? That seems to be another big selling point for tendoval.
2: Yeah it has been very strong. Um, You know we know the safety of the dual and the metribuzin used at the right rates on the right soil types has been a proven safe um, component and then adding in this third component uh, we see uh, continued very strong crop safety with that again excellent weed control.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the ragweed. A lot of focus is on pigweed out in the market today. and not saying this one isn't going to do the job on pigweed for you too, but uh, but that ragweed addition in there really makes a difference for a lot of growers. Before they can get out in the field, a lot of times those ragweed have some pretty good size to them, and they're tough to bring down. So if you can knock them down with your pre-product, uh, that's a decent strategy to use as well. Uh, Jason, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Uh, you get a lot of new products always. Syngenta's got a big pipeline, so I appreciate you talking about a few. Of them today.
2: Thank you very much. Have a good day.
0: Talking about some of these new or newer products, and and I would say this: sometimes you hear these new names and you get super excited about them, and we say that's good. You know, try some of the new things out. We always recommend trying new things on a small scale just to see how they do. Make sure you're happy. Make sure they work for you and your soil type and your management. Uh, and also ask lots of questions. So we we were talking about a couple of these products that need. Um, tank mix partners or need surfactants those types of things uh, just kind of understanding how to best use them is really important too well i've got a lot of questions that have come in some on new products but some on other things for the ag phd mailbag we'll dive into those when we get back stay tuned you're listening to ag phd radio
10: What's the difference between John, who bought Enlist One herbicide and Instinct Next Gen nitrogen stabilizer, and Tom, who bought Enlist One and Instinct Next Gen and used True Choice? Only about five thousand dollars extra in Tom's pocket. Choose True Choice and get up to ten percent back. It's really as simple as that. Start saving at Corteva.com/save more.
4: Higher yield potential starts with the season-long systemic disease protection of Zyway brand fungicides from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides protect corn crops from key foliar diseases and support physiological benefits that help develop healthier, higher-yielding corn for a difference you'll appreciate at harvest. Visit your FMC retailer for an at-plant advantage.
7: Always read and follow all label directions. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from environmental
4: tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now
7: that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. For the smallest investment with the biggest impact on yield, upgrade your planter with Germinator Closing Wheels from MFG. To see how we stack up against the competition at a fraction of the cost, call us at 712-520-6051.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We have reached the Ag PhD mailbag time. We're going to dive back in the mailbag uh, here for more of your questions. Of course, if you have a question, our phone lines are still open. 844 44 ag Or you can email us, radio at agphd.com. Got this one from Jonathan. He wants to talk about salt. He said, I've got a quick question for you regarding salt content of commercial fertilizer. For instance, map Typically has three numbers, 11520, in terms of percentage weight. However, considering the significant issues surrounding salt content, I'm curious if there's a hypothetical fourth number representing percentage of salt by weight. Well, of course, fertilizer is salt, Jonathan. Uh, could you provide any information on the percentage of salt weight in commercial fertilizers? Uh, I've come across details about salt index. I'm looking for a rough percentage to help with variable fertilizer decisions in newly tiled but high salt areas considering urea map potash ams yeah don't i
1: i honestly i'm not even looking at it i'm really not it's it's small when you're broadcasting our concern with salt is when it gets near the seed so i get it if you say hey i got I've got some saline soil that's got a lot of salt in it already, and I don't want to overload things. But if you don't have any fertility there, you're not going to have any yield. So I, I, I'm just, I'm not worried about it at all. That is not even, I, I'm not even considering that as part of my my plan if I'm going out broadcasting. Okay, So where we talk about salt, again, it's in-furrow, that's what we worry about the most, and then you just look at the salt index. But then the other side of it is total pounds, and with commercial fertilizer, you just don't have enough pounds. With manure, so for example, we talk often on the show, Midwest Labs on their manure test says 500 pounds max if you get 25 inches of rain or more, and it should be less than that if you get less rain. So even if it was 300 or 400 pounds, I mean, that's a lot of salt. That is a lot of salt. So I'm not that worried about it on a broadcast scale. I mean, unless you're doing crazy things like we do from time to time where we throw a 1,000 pounds of potash out or something, then sure, I'd be a little bit worried there. So what I'm saying here is without even looking at your soil tests, I'm going to tell you, I mean, and granted, I want to look at your soil tests because I don't know for sure without looking at them. But my assumption is, you can fertilize like you would normally fertilize be on a very slight build program and you shouldn't be in any real big you shouldn't have any real big concerns as long as it's broadcast if it's banded or and especially if it's in
0: furrow that's where I get a lot more worried all right thanks for the question i got some soil tests here from todd And he said, these samples are from a farm that I'm sure had a lot of high magnesium lime spread over the years. I feel as as a result, we have low base saturation calcium and high base saturation magnesium and a high pH. Now, I'm aware I've got low potassium. I'm addressing that. Uh, But I'm wondering, could I spread some high calcium lime or gypsum to help bring up my calcium levels? How would you handle it if you had this soil?
1: I don't know that you have any concerns at all. And here's why. If your soil pH is above 7, you have no hydrogen. Your base saturation test says you have 20% hydrogen. Um, I, I'm i throwing this out because I don't know what it means. Uh, I, I look at a lot of labs tests, and I rarely see this. So I don't know that you are actually high. In fact, I'll run some calculations. Darren, um, it Just let's go to the next question, and then I'm going to try to pull up my base saturation calculator so just you know we for our soils clinic every year we put some things together and one of the things that we have done in the past is we have looked at okay what is how do you calculate this base saturation thing and I know for the average person you're like yeah I don't even know what base saturation is or cation exchange capacity now you want me calculating these things it's really not that difficult so there's a pretty simple way to do this, and I am going to try to get this done with the data with the limited data that I have here. Hopefully I can get that done. Um, I will I, I'll see here in just a couple minutes. Go to the next question.
0: All right, uh, I got a couple tests or a couple of questions around soybean seed testing. So first one comes from Wayne. He's up in Prince Edward Island, Canada. He said, "Do you test for vigor in corn and soybean seed?" "Yes, we do. We definitely want to know uh, how is that seed going to handle cold soils and stress." Uh, We run a cold germination test on corn and soybeans and have found that to be a pretty accurate indicator of the vigor of that seed. If we see a really good warm germ but a really poor cold germ and there's a big gap between the two, uh, that's a pretty good indication to us. If we're going to plant that, we better plant it in ideal conditions and probably plant it late. Uh, Wayne uh, went on to ask, he goes, what about... What, I know there's cold germ and warm germ, what about vigor? Well, the cold germ or accelerated aging, some labs will call it, that is the test for vigor. So just ask for both of those tests, the warm germ and the, the standard cold or the accelerated aging, whatever your lab calls it, uh, to see what they can do for you on that case. Uh, With soybeans, here's the challenge, too, is that vigor test or that cold test, the standard in the industry is 80%. If it's above 80, most companies just run with it. Well, you think about it. If you plant into really cold, stressful situations and you lose 20% of your population right off the bat, uh, that could be a challenge. So don't be cutting your soybean seeding rate if you're going to plant early into cold soils, which I'm guessing in Prince Edward Island, you probably have quite often.
1: Okay. I want to come back to this question we had just a minute ago. I, I put this into our our little base saturation calculator, and if I figure hydrogen is zero, which it should be when the soil pH is above seven, all of a sudden it changes his levels of magnesium and calcium. So just for example, I took the very top test and I said, all right, what what is this? Well, on on the soil test, and it's calculated cation exchange capacity and base saturation. Okay, not using a hydrometer, but anyway, the cation exchange capacity goes from 14.9 down to 11.8 or 11.7. So I mean, it's still medium textured soil, but here's what the percentages go to. The K is only 2.6 percent. That's the number one thing you've got to fix. I know people get hung up on the magnesium-calcium thing. Let's focus on our phosphorus and our potassium first, because in both cases, they're low. So let's get them taken care of. Spend your dollars there first, and then we'll start worrying about the magnesium-calcium thing. Yes, you're at 30% magnesium, but you're at 66% calcium. 66% calcium is not that bad if you want to supplement that with a little bit of gypsum or something like that, I mean, I'm fine with that, but your magnesium in, in a medium textured soil, you want that to be fairly high. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little on the high side. It's nothing that I'm like super worried about because your soil's relatively light. Okay. So if I had a 30 cation exchange capacity or 40 or something like that. And my magnesium percentage was 30%. Well, now I'm dealing with a crazy amount of parts per million. I might be dealing in the thousand, I would be dealing in the thousands of parts per million. Here, you got 432 parts per million, roughly. That's not that much. And you're going to suck some magnesium out with the crop. So, Yeah. Number one, there's no chance I'm liming. Yeah. I see most of your pHs are in the sevens and I haven't looked at every last thing here, but anything quite frankly, that's over six, I'm not liming. And as I I move through all these, it looks like everything to me uh, appears to be above six. I'm in good shape. So no lime is needed. If you want to do some gypsum at some point, fine. But, and especially because that gypsum will help meet your sulfur needs and your sulfur is really low Uh, so you can put a little bit on but just don't get carried away spending dollars there let's spend dollars on p and k and all the micronutrients and fix those things that will make you a lot more money
0: all right uh question from derek on peat soils he said my organic matter runs anywhere from one to 33 percent where i've got peat areas (laughs) but my challenge is nitrogen application how do you handle that as you go through these peat areas well a
1: bunch is going to get tied up that's quite frankly what's going to happen and honestly i know most people aren't going to want to hear this in those peat spots i'm probably pulling out the board plow i know it seems crazy but i want to decrease that organic matter i can't have 33 organic matter it's going to tie up herbicide fertilizer everything so i'm probably going to do way more banding in those areas in the short term and i might even do a little bit of foliar stuff but, it, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge.
0: Yeah, peat soils are, are a little difficult to manage, no doubt about that. Got to do a lot more post-herbicide, too. Yeah, our dad talked it. about them a lot uh, from his time farming where he grew up in north central Iowa. We don't really have that right where we're at here no. in our part of South Dakota. So, Brandon and I have not firsthand dealt with that like our dad had. And, uh, yeah, he had the, he had the stories to prove it <laughs> over the years. Hey, thanks for the question. We appreciate that. And thanks to you for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. And now stay tuned for Rob Sharkey and Shark Farmer Radio.